Your Money Replay from Money FM 89.3. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Great to have you with me this Friday morning. I hope things are moving really well for you this morning. Sejil Patel joining me now, founder and CEO of Sejil. She is a woman who has mastered the art of investing her money and managing her money. And she's spreading all that she knows in masterclasses and workshops across the world. It is our final episode of Women and Money with Sejil today. And we're discussing which is better for you, mutual funds or ETFs. Many of us often think financial planning involves investing, but what we overlook is an important part of the whole piece of the picture, budgeting, debt management, protection. So we're also going to talk about the overview of how you manage your finances and help you come up with a plan that works for you. So Sejal, welcome back. This is our final episode of the series with you. We can't wait to hear your top tips. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing great, Michelle. How are you? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Things are going really well here in Singapore. Sejal joining us all the way from Canada. So we often hear, Sejal, that most mutual Mm -hmm. funds are actively managed while ETFs are passively managed. Help us understand the differences between how mutual funds are managed and ETFs are managed and the pros and cons of each. Sure. Okay, so let's start with mutual funds, right? So mutual funds, and sometimes in Singapore, they're known as unit trusts. There's very slight differences, but they're essentially the same thing. So what unit trusts or mutual funds do is they pool money from a bunch of investors, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a professional fund manager that takes that money and buys investments, whether that's stocks or bonds or maybe commodities, And what you're doing as the investor is you get a slice of that. So you're getting a piece of that diversified pie. And that's one of the easiest ways to create a diversified portfolio. But here's the key. In this case, you have a professional manager. So he or she has this mandate, and there are a lot of different ones. In some cases, they can only buy, uh, for example, Singapore large cap stocks or Asia tech stocks or European bonds or whatever that is. They have a mandate. And in that mandate, they're the ones who decide what to buy within that. They'll decide what markets they're going to pick, which ones are going to exclude, what industries they want to invest in. So when it's actively managed, they're really studying a lot of the markets, right? A lot of them are talking to the companies and they're deciding what they really want to hold. And for that, they're charging a fee, obviously, for that. And that typically is around 2%. Sometimes it's higher. Sometimes it's lower. It just depends on how complicated or how easy it is. That's a mutual fund. Now, an ETF, and we're seeing a huge rise in the popularity of ETFs or exchange-traded funds, there's a good reason for that because ETFs provide a lower cost way to diversify your portfolio, and it still gives you that flexibility and liquidity. They're very similar to mutual funds in the sense that they also are offered in a variety of asset classes, stocks, bonds, different industries. But the main difference between ETFs and mutual funds is that you can actually buy or sell ETFs through a brokerage firm and directly on the stock exchange. It's kind of like a stock. So you're not buying from the manager. You're trading it like a stock. The other key difference is that ETFs typically track an index, meaning they're trying to match the price movements of an index. So in this case, suppose it's the SGX, right? They're going to mimic the SGX and they're going to create a portfolio that looks pretty much similar to that. And so there isn't a lot of work. No one's really studying to decide what they're trying to pick. 
And that's why that's passively managed. And it's one of the reasons why ETFs are typically cheaper than a mutual fund. Okay. Can you break it down for us with maybe a specific example of how a woman who buys a mutual fund could do in comparison to another who buys an ETF? What are some of the fees involved? What do they have to look out for? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, someone may want to buy um, a, a Singapore equity fund and, you know, I'm sure DBS offers them, Aberdeen offers them, right? And they'll say Singapore equity fund. Now, if it's actively managed, there is a portfolio manager that's decided, okay, I'm going to invest in Singapore equities, but I'm going to decide what that weighting should be. I'm going to bet more on banks because I think banks are going to do way better than something else. And so I'm going to buy more of, say, DBS shares or OCBC shares, right, because they're deciding that that's where the money should go or more of the weighting should go. Mm -hmm. Now, if they buy a Singapore ETF, they're basically buying the SGX just exactly the way it's weighted. So the SGX might have 20% weighting in banks and only 5% in DBS and then everything else. They're basically mimicking that. So that's passively active. Now, there's a lot of debate whether um, actively managed or passively managed is better. And to be honest, it's really, really tough. Actively managed um, portfolios as much as people study it, the argument is over the long run, there's so many outside factors that it's really sometimes hard to beat the index over the long term. So the argument is, well, why would you pay a portfolio manager 2% when you know buying an ETF is much cheaper? And in the long run, they might not outperform. But the other thing is, sometimes when the market is very volatile or you know on a downturn, there have been cases that actively manage portfolios are better because they can manage that, right? So those are some of the things that you want to watch for. Fees is probably the biggest reasons why ETFs is popular. But then there are other things like if you're buying ETFs, the reason fees might be really low is because it might be illiquid. It might be one of those ones where it's harder to buy or sell. It's something you want to pay attention to. If you're buying ETFs on the broke through a brokerage, and you're buying it all the time, well, remember, you have to pay trading fees or commission fees, right? So if you're doing that on a regular basis, those commissions are going to actually eat into your returns, and it might not justify doing that, and you might be better off going with mutual funds. So it really depends. All right, get that. Very clear. Sajil Patel, founder and CEO of Sajil, helping us uh, build an overall money portfolio that works for as financial portfolio. How important is it for us to really consider diversifying our investments and consider paying ourselves first? So two different prongs of, I suppose, building a plan for yourself. How important are both pillars? I say both of them are the golden rules. (laughs) I always say diversifying, right? It's very easy to make a bet on one stock. You know, it might be the flavor of the day. (laughs) And and now remember in Singapore, you have to buy a minimum of 100 shares if you're buying stocks, right? And if you don't have a lot of money, then you're, you know, you might be tempted to say, well, you know what, I'm just going to buy 100 or 150 shares of this one company's stock. Right. The problem with that is you're betting on just that one company. And like everyone else, we don't know what's going to happen, right? There's different factors that could come into play. So I'm always 
trying to educate women to diversify their portfolio because what you're really doing is managing risk. Mm-hmm. Nobody can possibly determine or predict what's going to happen mm-hmm. in the markets. There's just too many variables. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. If you buy airline stocks and you buy oil stocks, they react very differently to oil prices, right? If you're an oil producer and you, and you make money by selling oil mm-hmm. and oil prices mm-hmm. go down, well, those stocks are going to go down. An airline stock that buys fuel actually benefits because all of a sudden fuel prices are cheaper. Right. Mm-hmm. So then your airline stocks go up. So if you have both in the portfolio, one kind of offsets the other. Oh, right. And that's how you're man- oh, that's the right. way to balance so it out. Oh, I just got it. How you're balancing out. And the more you do that with different types of stocks and different geographies and different industries, you're basically managing risk. And I think that's one of the really important ones, especially when we're risk averse, right? Mm. The other piece about paying your first, I'm a big, big believer in this, Michelle, I've always done it, Mm. is um, put aside some of your paycheck and invest it automatically. Set something up. So you're not seeing it because what typically what people do is they spend their money and they say, okay, I'll invest what's left after I spent my money. Correct. And I say, do it the other way around because what's going to happen is you're not going to have anything left. (laughs) So make investing, you know, think about investing as an expense, as a fixed expense. It's something you must do and you put away 10% or 15% of your paycheck that goes directly into investments. Now you have CPF, so you're automatically doing that there. But if you want to save more money, you can set something else aside. And sometimes people feel like, oh, I can't part with that money. And I always say, you know what, when it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And when you're just doing it and automatically setting up something where you're investing, or even if it's towards other financial goals, like you're saving for your house, you're just going to feel so much better about it. And you know what, we adjust. We just do, you know, we'll buy less coffee or we'll do whatever. But we we typically, we're just great at that as human beings, right? We adjust. But in the long term, it really pays off because you're saving money for future and you're saving money for goals that really matter to you. That's great. Really great tips there. But I understand you have three golden rules that you swear by when it comes to investing. I would say pay yourself first, diversify And the other one I always talk about is think about the compounding effect. So fees and taxes are the two things that sometimes eat away at our growth, right? Again, when we talk about mutual funds and ETFs, this is why the topic of fees come up so much because a 1% or 2% difference in return makes a big difference over the long run. It could be $100,000, Michelle, Mm. you know, depending on how much you invest. So the less fees, the more money in your pocket. Now, of course, there's trade-offs, right? I mean, do you want to do ETFs all the time? Are you okay to manage everything or do you want to get an advisor, which may cost you a little bit more, but then you have a bit of peace of mind that there's somebody professional looking after it. But you want to start early and take advantage of the compounding because when you start early, you have more time for that money to grow and then the returns on that grow and it becomes a snowball effect. And it's just amazing what you see 20, 30 years from now. You have to be patient because you're not going to see that growth right away. Mm. But 
over the long term, it just it just goes up very quickly. So I always say, don't delay. Start early because you'd be surprised at how fast your money can grow in 15, 20 years. Well, those are great holistic tips for financial planning. Thank you ever so much. Joining us live all the way from Canada, she's founder and CEO of Sagel. And people can connect with you online, can't they, Sagel? They can. They can visit my website. It's uh, www.sagel, so S-A-I-J-E-L-L-E.com. I I have some financial planning uh, worksheets that they can download, and they can certainly follow me on, uh, on Facebook. I have a Facebook page as well as Instagram. Well, thank you so much. Always a pleasure speaking with you. Sajil Patel there. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.